A science story, huh? Is NYU a scientist? They felt right. And I just thought, well, it was that golden moment. Because science was on my side. Hey everyone, I'm Ben Lilly, and welcome to the Story Collider, where we bring you true stories of how science has affected people's lives. This week's story is from Madeline Huberth. The story was recorded in June 2012 at Live in Ann Arbor, Michigan. So, in the sixth grade, I was lucky to have really good teachers. I was the kind of student who cared a lot about school. I wanted teachers who challenged me, but were also just great people. And one of those teachers was my science teacher and my primary teacher, Mr. Hassler. He was on the younger side with red hair um, and a way of getting along with the students um, that just like surpassed every other teacher in the building. He was the kind of student, or the kind of teacher when like the other students would ask you who your science teacher was and you said Mr. Hassler and they were like, man, that'd be so cool and you're so lucky. And, and I was, and it was, it was really cool. He taught me everything that he needed to teach me, like why the structure and properties of the atmosphere are important. But then he would also sit with me during a spare period and listen to Thomas Dolby's She Blinded Me With Science and talk about why it was and is such a great song. Um, so, but by far the most vivid memory I have of that class involved a fish tank that he had gotten for the classroom. Um, I mean, we weren't documenting what went on in the fish tank or anything per se, but um, it was a science class, so it made sense to have a fish tank. Um, I've had pets all of my life. Nikki and Rosie were my two tabbies growing up, and then we cared for gerbils for a while, um, actually for, for longer than we anticipated to because we thought we were getting a two boys, but it turns out it was a boy and a girl, so then we had litter upon litter for a few years. Um, it also seemed like we were the caretakers of the neighborhood deer, since they, ad- they ate out of our garden more frequently than we did, um, much to the chagrin of my dad, but I didn't really mind. And um, I grew up close to the water, too, so I would go fishing a bit, always catch and release, because that was humane in my mind. And um, I remember once in early elementary school was the last time I fished was when I couldn't get one of the sunfish that I was fishing for off of the hook and it died on the dock and um, yeah and so then we had this fish tank in sixth grade and I had just I had some stock in what was going on in it. Um, In it were a few smaller fish whose type I can't exactly remember, um, a couple turtles and a goldfish. Now this goldfish uh, stood out because it was abnormally large, uh, almost the size of my fist at the time, so think like sumo wrestler (laughs) of goldfish. Um, My best friend and I, her name was Kate, we decided to name it. And um, she had recently seen the movie Dumb and Dumber, and you've probably seen it, but um, in case you haven't, there's this scene where Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels are in the car, and they have this passenger in the back, and the passenger is like, well, let's put on the radio. And they're like, no, man, let's just sing. And so they start singing this song, which you probably know, but it, it goes the mock, yeah, ing. And one goes, yeah, and the other goes, bird, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so thus, the fish was named Mockingbird. <laughs> it was Kate's idea. Um, She and I would chronicle sort of these daily happenings in this shared journal that we had. Um, It was us and two other friends of ours from elementary school who were in different classes. Um, We would write about 
things like the naming of Mockingbird, but then also times like, you know, when, when John McHugh finally stops at my locker after class and how happy I am. Um, so, um, I mean, how, how it would work would be that, say like one of us would write an entry and then we would pass it on to the next girl. She would read what the one girl wrote and, um, you know, respond and write a little bit about herself and pass it around. It was a great way for us to stay in touch. So I don't recall if we wrote about the naming of Mockingbird, but we would have written about what ended up happening in the fish tank. So my desk is in a pretty central location in the classroom, and I have a good view of the tank. So one day during an exam, I glance up, and I see one of the turtles who's left his sort of rocky, dry area and gone under the water for a moment heave up from the bottom of the tank and chunk on Mockingbird. Um, like, think, think the, the turtle's at like four o'clock down here and um, all of like his little turtle leg muscle power heaving up to the 11 o'clock Mockingbird and he just chunked on his fin and I was so upset. So I put my test down, I run up and I tell Mr. Hassler what I saw and he's like, you know, Madeline, I'll keep an eye on the tank. Go down, finish your test, you know, focus on your exam, that's what's important. So I was like, okay, okay yeah. So um, I went and I, and I tried to finish my test and of course I was always looking at the tank because that was you know, where my mind was. Um, and over the course of the next few days, it didn't seem like Mr. Hassler was keeping an eye on the tank at all. Um, and as Mockingbird's fins grew more tattered, I was getting more distressed. And I tried to, you know, I was brainstorming solutions. I said, you know, why don't we put some mesh between where Mockingbird is and where the turtles are, because these are now the most evil turtles in the world, in my mind. And, um, or we could have a separate bowl, you know, and put Mockingbird in the bowl so, so we can, you know, s swim and be happy over here. And um, Mr. Hassler resisted. He was like, you know, let's just keep the tank as is. This is nature. So I was like, okay. Um, you know, all of these feelings of control that you don't have as a sixth grader at all, like, just spiraled. I felt like I didn't have control of anything. And I, and I wanted something assured. Um, you know, I, and what, what, what did I have? I had my friends. And so I wrote a really simple journal entry in our slam book um, where I just traced over four lines of the wide rule. And I wrote this statement above that said, you know, sign below if we're gonna be best friends forever. And because best friends forever is like, you know, it's big in sixth grade, you want that forever. And um, I sign my name to the top line and I give it, uh, I give it away to one of the girls in the other class. I wait a couple days. And Kate gives it back to me, and you know, I, I flip to the page because I'm so excited. Um, I'm gonna see these signatures, and uh, the, the lines were blank. And uh, the journal entries that followed were about how um, I just didn't fit in their circle of friends, and how three was a better number than four. Um, and I felt like I wasn't good enough to be friends with them, that uh, I wasn't good enough to be friends with anybody, really, and that I had brought this upon myself for trying to make them do something that they didn't want to do. Um, so the weekend passes, and I come in the next Monday, and I check on the status of the tank, and all I see are like the floating remains <laughs> of Mockingbird. And um, I cried because, I mean, I, I cry, and um, I just didn't understand why Mr. Hassler couldn't change the tank while he had a chance. Um, like, why couldn't someone, if they could control a situation and make a happy ending, choose not to do so? So, um, 
when I knew I was going to be telling this story tonight, I emailed Mr. Hassler. <laughs> and I jogged his memory. He remembered all of this. And I asked him what his rationale was. And he goes, he's very honest. He's like, well, first of all, the, the fish were meant to be food for the turtles. <laughs> so that was number one. And second of all, second of all, Mockingbird was just so big, he wanted to see if the turtles could finish it. <laughs> So <laughs> I, I appreciated his honesty. <laughs> um, but at the same time, you know, and I don't know what the best course of action was for what happened in the tank. Um, but if I had been less demanding about what happened in the tank and less demanding of my friends, maybe I would have been less hurt. Um, so I'm still working on it, but I'm just watching events unfold more naturally now. And... You know, sometimes it's best just to see what happens. Thank you. That was Madeline Huberth. A native New Yorker, Madeline has degrees in cello performance and interdisciplinary physics. She has played in orchestras and with rock bands, worked as a research scientist, and is currently working as a web app developer. For more science stories, take a look at storycollider.org, where we have our magazine, archives of the podcast, and upcoming events. The Story Collider is produced by me, Brian Wecht, and Aaron Barker. The podcast is produced by Rose Eveleth. Additional help from Brooke Williams, Lena Groger, Josh McCall, Raphaela Bennon, and Sarah Amandalar. The theme music is by Ghost. Special thanks to Live for hosting the show, to the Ann Arbor District Library for helping produce it, and to Ireland for raining on me while I was gone. Thanks for listening. 